You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Uh, congratulations, Brian. You have finally reached a level of importance that you got some very hostile feedback on a tweet this week. You... <laughs> Uh, you've been canceled, Brian. Cancel culture has come for has you. Has come for me. Right. <laughs> I haven't felt this much level of backlash to being a, a sports personality, as we both are, <laughs> since the time when I was back in the day when I was writing for the Knicks blog, and a random person on Twitter told me that they wanted to read my articles, but they couldn't get past the feeling of wanting to punch my face. <laughs> <laughs> That was the previous meanest thing that any, that has happened to because of a take of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, until now, although that person at least was a stranger, <laughs> which sort of makes it better. Now, it's it's from inside the house. Yes, it's, it's one of my dear friends has attacked me over over a take. That's right. One of your <laughs> oldest friends, oldest and dearest. Yeah, took umbrage with. My Tom Brady take. And so like everybody, Scott, we watched the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Tom terrific. He did it again. That's that's what I took away. You know, was it all about him? No, it wasn't all about him. A lot of things it happened. It wasn't his finest hour. It wasn't the greatest game he ever played. But no. he threw three touchdowns. His team scored 31 points. And they're marching on to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he's 43 years old. He threw for 40 touchdowns this year. He threw for like 4,600 yards. He mastered a new offense. He went to a team that has been historically terrible. Do you know also that, so now the Brady and the Bucks have won three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. In all of Brady's previous trips to the Super Bowl, he has played a total of three road games. Wow. So he matched his road game total in this season in his wow. entire career in seasons that ended with him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good stat because I feel like this season has been about Brady erasing anything you could say about him. Like, right. It almost seems yes. like that's what he set out to do was like, I, I, it's ridiculous that there still exists any critiques of me, but the ones, <laughs> the little crumbs that are remaining, I plan to destroy those as well. So, you know... I <laughs> I found myself impressed by this accomplishment, you know, <laughs> a 10th Super Bowl in 19 full seasons of play, a 14th conference championship game. I found myself thinking, you know, you know what? This is a li- this is impressive. <laughs> this is sort of impressive. So I sent out a tweet as I sometimes do when I'm when I'm taken by a thought, when I think to myself <laughs> I have a thought <laughs> that I'd like to share. With the world, I take out my phone. I open up Twitter to express my thoughts. And I said, <laughs> I've spent most of my adult life hating Tom Brady, but this season has been so incredible, I have to pay nothing but grudging respect. He's unreal. <laughs> A seemingly anodyne, innocuous take of just like, hey, hey, I hate the guy just as much as all of you, but like, that's something, right? <laughs> right. But... Also, as I think you stated later on in something we'll get to soon, that is the tweet equivalent of water is wet. Right. That's I didn't it. say what a game, too. What a game by Brady. What a heroic performance. It just said, boy, like, you got to hand it to the guy. <laughs> Going to the Super Bowl, this was something else. Boy, uh, impressed. I, I guess I was briefly like, that's, <laughs> that's something of an accomplishment to me. Ten Super Bowls in 19 seasons. It's like, you know, it's impressive. I don't at know, 43 I just, years at, old. At 43 years old, on a new team, learned a new offense, totally different system. New teammates. And a okay. guy who, too, like, chemistry is so important to Brady. Home field is so important to Brady. Like you said earlier, smashed everything, every knock. Every right. paper thin knock you could have had <laughs> right. on the guy right. washed it away. Washed it away. Right. So I send that tweet, and within minutes, within a few <laughs> minutes, my phone buzzes, and I see our dear friend Ed, wonderful, loving Ed, <laughs> text me, Hey, Brian, 
He threw three INTs, was 20 for 36, benefited from one of the most heinously officiated games, and LaFleur didn't go for it on fourth and goal. Your Tom Brady tweet sucks ass. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks ass. And mind to mind you, I'm sitting on my couch just by myself (laughs) watching the game. No, we weren't talking. We hadn't spoken in weeks or, or, or days. We had there was no ongoing conversation. No, this just it wasn't like we were had been talking about this and the argument escalated. Right, completely unprovoked. Your tweet sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> also, like I just for a little context too that the audience does not realize is that there have been incidents over the last five or so years within our group of friends. So we have four friends on this text. You, me, oh no, five. Sorry, you, me, and three other guys. Like, there have been some fairly momentous life events that have occurred over the last five years, after which we have gotten total and complete radio silence from our friend Ed. Right. Me- meanwhile, you send out a Tom Brady tweet that is like, I, you know, it's again, it's like the equivalent of walking down the street and simply noticing, like, oh, that's new. Or, like, <laughs> right, it wasn't even glowing. Uh, it's just like, look, he's going to the Super Bowl. Right. Like, man, wow. You know, like, you got to just say, like, boy, that's something. I mean, what do you want to say? Like, you're just like, no, screw him. I mean, screw him. Fine. Look, I don't like Tom Brady. Nobody does. Nobody likes Tom Brady. I wanted him to go seven and nine this year. I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to look like shit. They were going to be mediocre. It was. He was going to look terrible in that stupid uniform. <laughs> right. And, and we were going to get this perfect goodbye to Tom Brady. Screw you. And we could say all the things we like you want to say. He's a system quarterback, Belichick. Like, I thought we were going to get it. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> he shoved it up our asses. Like, he rubbed, he took your face and he rubbed it in shit. Like, right. he won. I'm sorry, but he won. And you could, you could take your sour grapes about it. He won. He, he's in the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, also, too, just at some point, Hats off to the guy. You married Great. you married Giselle. You won however many Super Bowls. You're the greatest football player of all time. Right. Just you can't hats off. I right. can't fight that at, at a certain Tip point. Tip of the cap. Yeah. Tip of the cap. You know, okay. What can I tell you? What can I say about this freaking guy? Like and again, you know, you can say he threw three interceptions. I don't know, like, I, I just didn't, one, didn't think they were that. I thought two of them were basically punts. I thought the third one that looked bad was, like, a guy in his face. He figured, hey, I'll throw it up to Mike Evans, and maybe he'll make a play. And Mike Evans didn't see it. He didn't see the blitz, so he kept running. I didn't think that was the worst decision. It was, you know, they had a lead. Like, that's no big deal. Was he great in the game? No, was it? But, you know, he's played many great games. So it's not like he needed another dominant performance in this spot. It's just like there he is, 43 years old. I give, And I do think maybe this is controversial. I think Tom Brady has leadership qualities that help the teams he's on. You know? Okay, I do. I, you know, I think he has some intangible things that affect the people he interacts with in a positive way. And not only that. I don't think it can be stressed enough. I don't care what you think of Tom Brady. I don't care what team you root for. I don't care if you root for a team in the AFC East and you're a Jets fan. I don't care who you are. If you found yourself in a room with Tom Brady, no matter how much you hate him, no matter how many times maybe you've looked in your bathroom mirror and rehearsed yourself telling Tom Brady to go do whatever you're going to tell him to go do, if you're in a room with Tom Brady, you would be a puddle of jello you would just be in his pump and if he spoke to you you would just of course he's a leader of course the guy is a leader i bet he could change your life in a week with a couple of like conversations you'd be like you're right tom yeah i gotta get in shape i gotta study i gotta turn this around like i bet he could have that impact on you if i was with tom brady for five minutes all i know is that on my phone i would have a cart full of tb12 products the nutrition products, right. the vibrating balls, all of it. <laughs> right. He can sell water. I mean, he can. He can sell water that's like got bullshit in it. <laughs> Put it in a bottle with his face on it, and you're like, yeah. And you probably. I, I need this. Works. I bet right. it works not because it does anything, but because you're like, I'm drinking Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. <laughs> 
I'm putting him right. I'm putting him in my body. <laughs> what do you can? What can you say? Ten can Super say? Bowls. Ten. Ten. And with a second team. Also, the three picks. First of all, we should acknowledge that last night we were losing it over Ryan Ryan Rosillo on his podcast did a monologue shortly after this whole fight ensued. Where he was just like, I want to address three picks guy. <laughs> and it's funny, his point was like, whoever your friend group is, thank them for being friends with you. <laughs> for being your friend, right. So, uh. basically, it was a string of texts where our friend Ed accused us of being, like, takey. I guess, like, the main insult was that we were, I don't know, like... What? I believe it was that we were sucking his dick, too. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. I'm not really sure what his problem was exactly. But, you know, he was calling us Francesa. He was calling us. Our, oh, are you guys booked? Cowherd oh, yeah, or, are you guys booked yeah. on Cowherd tomorrow? <laughs> like, first of all, I wish, but no. Right. No, uh, he doesn't care. Yeah. And then eventually it ended up. uh like you said, why can't you just accept that it's impressive? To which Ed responded, this year, sure. This game, fuck off. Right. <laughs> that was one of two fuck offs, too. Yep. Yeah, it <laughs> accused you of 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 uh, some a couple of sexual acts. <laughs> accused me of a sexual act as well. Uh yep, told you to fuck off again. <laughs> and then my favorite part was when you ended it with <laughs> get it together i'm sitting at my home on a sunday afternoon and i send a tweet the equivalent of water is wet and i'm suddenly getting told to fuck off by some lunatic <laughs> how much did you bet on the Packers? right which is the dirty little secret right which right. is like what did you what did you lose on green bay right right uh and then the packers and look and look i get if you hate tom brady that was a brutal game you're just watching but it's like what what do you like at this point I just think passionately rooting against Tom Brady at this point. Like, what what do you gain if he loses that game? Right. Nothing. He already proved it, everybody. You're going 11-5. and five. He threw 40 touchdowns. He mastered a new offense. He's at 43 years old. He's still, like, he's 98% of who he's always been. He's just a freak of nature. Both <laughs> his physical gifts and his intangible gifts, the combination of them is, like, unlike anything we've probably ever seen. Like, what, if he lost that game? What? <laughs> its legacy has changed forever or you get to ah, right ah, it's ah. proven <laughs> he lost that game let's right. not forget I mean, it's just like whatever like just, right that was the day that history forgot tom brady when he lost it he is who we never wanted him to be um you know this, i think the fascinating thing about tom brady and like i i, I get the thing about like you know, people, there is made so much made of his, like, intangible qualities, and that stuff tends to annoy you, you know? Like, and he has this weird career arc where, like, his statistically wasn't that great to start the year, and the Patriots had some of their most success. And he was, like, you know, played on these, like, weird offenses that were the Charlie Weiss offenses. They weren't that explosive. And, like, he got all this credit for those Super Bowls. And, and there's the feeling of, like, maybe he, that, you know, he didn't deserve. Those were defensive teams, like... And then in the middle of his career, he put that all to bed and he exploded. And he yep. got Randy Moss and flew it, <laughs> threw it all over. And you're like, oh, my God, the guy can do anything. And then they had this weird part of his career, though, where, like, they kept losing in the Super Bowl. And they had the high-flying offenses. And he was putting up the stats. And he was winning MVPs. But they weren't winning Super Bowls. And it was, and it was like this flipped thing of, like, oh, he, can only, he can't win this way. <laughs> but then he did. You know? And then he, right. he just kept Multiple going. times. Yeah, then he just kept going and going and then he won in this new fashion where they were this like dink and dunk team and he played this kind of new offensive style and they won that way and then at 43 he goes and plays in this offense where he's just flinging it down the field and again reaches the super bowl so it's just like what do you want right he is who you didn't want him to be and we're sorry but that's also not our fault not my fault to just be like hey cheers right <laughs> And even, too, like you said earlier, and I think it's worth just sort of getting into a little bit, where he sort of, every rub that you would have had on Brady coming into this game, it's like he consciously went about himself to wipe it out. Even the notion that, you know, uh, 
if if you drop a pass, Brady doesn't trust you anymore, and he's not coming back to you, which is a knock on anybody. Like, how could you not give anybody a second chance? How many times has Godwin dropped the ball, and Brady just keeps throwing it? In fact, he had a big drop, and then Brady went deep to him in a in a play that was like pretty pivotal in getting the Bucks rolling in that game. Same thing with like Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette drops the ball all the time, and yet Brady still uses him as the outlet. Like even yeah. something like that, he seemed to just prove you wrong. With I'm you know I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna ice out Chris Godwin for the rest of the game I'm not gonna ice out Leonard Fournette for the rest of the game he's incredible yeah I mean look it wasn't his best game didn't play especially in the second half but they didn't win in spite of him either he no, threw correct. three touchdowns he, they scored 31 points he's 43 years old I'm gonna say again um, you know I don't know it's incredible and I think I buy into like some of his. You know, I sorry, I do. I think some of his intangible things are real. I think, you know, and again, I don't go as far as some people where now people want to be like Bill Belichick is like an ordinary coach. Or, you know, I think he's special, too. I, I don't think this like erases Bill Belichick's impact or that, you know, I think Bill Belichick is now people are almost sleeping on Bill Belichick where I wouldn't be shocked. I would be really I think people should will be surprised how good they are next year. All that. But Tom Brady is. Yeah whoever everything everybody says and we all just have to eat shit and deal with it i'm sorry yeah and i agree with everything you're saying about belichick i will say where it's i like i think also bill belichick clearly lost to tom brady this year not just for the year but in terms of their legacy and again it doesn't take away from anything that belichick has done or accomplished and i also agree that he's not only still a great coach but people really should look out for the pats next year but if you just look at the Brady situation in isolation, I mean, what Belichick, like what's your problem? Like why were you so mad at Tom Brady? Can we can we talk about that? Why are you so mad at the guy? First of yeah. all, like again, I mean, God forbid Brady feel as though after the decades of success he's helped you attain that he expect you bring him a non-college lacrosse player as his primary receiver. And how many times Belichick got credit for being so brilliant or creating such an incredible culture that you can bring in any kind of loose cannon and he can fit into the Patriots? Like, that's great. But now that I'm thinking about it, too, like, you know, they bring in Antonio Brown and it's like, look at Belichick, just so unafraid, buying low. He played one game for them. That was it. Yeah. And then uh, uh, what's his name from Cleveland? Guy who loves weed. Uh, who is that receiver? Why can't I can't? Oh, uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, right? Same thing. Just could not like played a few games for the Patriots and and gave you just enough to be like, oh my god, like Brady's got a receiver, and then he's gone. Like, don't just take flyers on these risky guys. Like, it is incredible that they're able to do it, but it doesn't work out every time. Just it, he gets a guy, it works out for a game, then that guy leaves, and then no one revisits it to be like, oh, well, Belichick brought that guy in, but he was only there for like two weeks. So, was right. that right? Like, even maybe good? one time just invest in a real receiver and, right. <laughs> and not like some like problem child that you're trying. Although, I, you know, and I do, and also I don't think Belichick, he's like, doesn't, is Brady is like, deserves most, a lot of, not most, but a lot of the credit for. The fact that he can do that, he can bring a Corey Dillon in, or he can take because like Brady is going to right make that guy feel welcome, feel a part of things, make him like make him feel like you don't have to go yeah, do whatever weird nonsense. Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing something special here. You're a part of it. Like I, I think that's real. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what else can you say? What else like, can you say? <laughs> Like, I get it. No, you know, I get it. It's been painful. He's just so dominant. And, like, it's weird because it's like, again, that stuff tends to bother you because, you know, is Brady the most physically talented? Like, no. Like, I think there have been a couple guys who maybe were more physically gifted. But the thing is, he, it, it, that, you should never discredit his physical gifts. Like, he is physically really talented. He can yeah. throw as well as anyone. He's been so durable, like, and then he does have all those leadership qualities. You put the two together. So it's not like he's willing. It's not just, oh, he's this, like, leader of men and that counteracts all this stuff. He's got it all, like. And also, you know, you kind of went back through his Super Bowl history and where he won some, then he lost some, then he started winning some again. 
What's crazy isn't even the number that he's won. Like, the number that he's won or his record in the Super Bowl only matters in a direct one-to-one comparison of Brady to Montana. But that's it. Every other one of his contemporaries, forget how many Super Bowls they won. Let's just talk about how many they've been to. All of his contemporaries. Aaron Rodgers, what is he now? One and three in NFC Championship games? Aaron Rodgers was, was getting... Like, national fellatio for four weeks. That guy has been to one Super Bowl. Right. You know, like, right. Drew, Drew Brees just about to retire. And, and, like, again, like, neck and neck with Brady for these records and, like, considered in the same class. One Super Bowl. Has he played in more than one? Yeah. And, it, look, it's not as simple as that. It's not like Brady's that, but he's that. And those, and he's the reason that the Patriots have been to nine and Aaron Rod- You know what I mean? It's not like that, but it's like – it's not nothing either, you know? It's it's not right. You're talking about ten versus one. Like exactly. You cannot attribute that entirely to Brady's like leadership gifts over Aaron Rodgers, who I look, I think there might be something there to Aaron Rodgers that like his teammates maybe they don't love playing he does I don't know that he inspires this like rallying we're we're a part of something special. It's a little bit of like you're you're you know, you're the E Street band and he's like Yeah. It's all about him. Like I think Brady doesn't make his teammates feel that way. Like, you know, I don't know how real that is. I think it's something, though. But is it 10 versus 1? No, it doesn't explain the whole thing. And, like, if I was drafting tomorrow, like, you can't go wrong with Aaron Rodgers. He's as good as it gets. But it's something. It's not nothing that Tom Brady's been to 10 and Aaron Rodgers has been to 1. And it's not nothing that he's been to 10 and Drew Brees has been to 1. Like, it's something. Right. It's right. It's that, and you're 100 percent correct. And again, I think we need to emphasize it's it's not that we're saying that like by a ten to one ratio, Brady is better than these guys, or by a ten to one right. ratio, he's more talented than these guys. But there is a ten to one ratio, and that's not accidental. It's not coincidental. It's just right. it's real. And, and you have to acknowledge it. it and be in awe of it. Be like, wow, that's crazy. And right. you can still hate his guts. Fine, like fine, but. You know that he's winning. So, like, what is the point of wasting your life hating that guy's guts? Like, you know, it's just like, just deal with it. And, you know, he won. He won it all. Or just acknowledging it. I hate Michael Jordan. But he's the greatest basketball player I've (laughs) ever seen in my life. I doesn't, you know, I don't buy uh, Air Jordan products because of my personal distaste for the guy. But if somebody is like, Jordan was great, I'm not like, that's lazy. That's a lazy right. opinion of yours. Like, right. It's just like, yeah, right. I know. I don't like yeah. him, but I know. Yeah. So we salute you, Tom Brady. Begrudgingly, yeah. reluctantly, painfully. And maybe, look, hey, maybe it's a little easier for us because we beat him. We, we got, got to watch Eli Manning stick it to him twice. And Two what times. a gift. What a gift that was. So <laughs> that's part of it, too, probably. Yeah. I mean, right. The better, right. The better he is, the better Eli is. Right. Like when you really break it down, and yeah, that does make it easier. But again, there's nothing. Nothing makes it easy for me to acknowledge Michael Jordan's greatness. But yeah, it's under. If I was to be like, no, I think he's over. Like you're a lunatic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody right. thinks that. Yeah, just stop. Oh boy. Uh, you know. So let's talk about a couple of other aspects of the game, like the three picks. I, you know, whatever. We've covered three pick guy. Horrible officiating. No, it wasn't. I mean, no, it wasn't. Yeah, they were letting him play for most of the game, and they called that pass interference at the end of the game. But the guy's like ripping his shirt off. I mean, that was an obvious penalty. I don't even get the conversation. Like the game, maybe wasn't. Maybe there were like some dip, bad calls, or like, yeah, they didn't. There was no consistency, and that's always annoying. But like that specific call, one, you deserve to lose the game. You would, you know, botch that last drive. Yep, and. You know, he pulled, yeah, he pulled on his jersey really blatantly, and it was a blatant penalty. Like, if they didn't call it, you would have heard whining on the other end. Like, it was a blatant penalty. Like, I, I don't know. It's not – it wasn't I, – I wouldn't say it was a well-officiated game, but so what? Right. And then the Matt LaFleur uh, field goal call. I Maybe you have a point there because, obviously, no other NFL coaches this year or any year have ever screwed up a fourth down field goal versus go for it call. So, like, since right. obviously most NFL coaches get that 100% right, that's the fluke in the game. Like, yeah, it was a terrible call, but 
That happens in every week in the NFL. Right. All the time. Every single game. In fact, we talked about Kansas City's fourth down play with Chad Henney last week because it was so notable in that it was an impressive fourth down play, which you almost never see. Yeah, and then Buffalo, who's been the best fourth down team all year as far as when to oh go. Oh, my God. Had one of the worst I've ever seen, too. So, yeah. like, that happens. Like, that, it didn't come down to that. That was a stupid decision. But, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, that was – they were definitely going to lose and they got that gift. They were – even if the Packers um, score there, they're, they're mo- more likely to lose. You know, like – Yeah. They were down eight with very little time left. That's that's a situation you don't often come back from. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Even if you score and tie the game, Brady's getting the ball back with two minutes to go. Yeah. You're probably going to lose on a last-minute field goal. Yes. No question about it. Uh, so, uh, Super Bowl line is uh, Kansas City by three and a half. Uh, they lost their starting left tackle. And oddly enough... I see what I, one of the things that did strike me as a little weird about that line is that this is oddly a home game for Tampa. Like it won't be called that, but it is right. Um, so Brady, uh, Brady and the bucks get, uh, getting three and a half points against Kansas city. We're two weeks out on the super bowl. If you had to choose right now, what are you going with? I mean, Kansas city, right? Like yeah. Patrick Mahomes is so good. That team is so good. Um, so I think, I think the AFC was really loaded this year too. I think it was a little top heavier. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I I think Kansas city. Yeah. I mean, I think, I just think, you know, actually I, I will say one of my favorite, like sort of Bill Simmons gambling tropes or advice or, or whatever, it's just like, which, like what obvious outcome would you be most upset with yourself for not picking as you watched it unfold in front of you. And I would just be, I can't imagine picking against Patrick Mahomes and watching him just with total fear every time, you know, <laughs> Kansas city snaps the ball. Absolutely. I mean, look, and Hey, if you're a Brady hater, maybe this is going to be your, like you'll get your little revenge. Cause maybe they get killed. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost pretty convincingly. Yeah. Um, although look, I do think the bucks are a good team. Like they're really talented. They do have a ton of weapons. Like, you know, that's the other part. Like, it's not of the Brady stuff. It's not to say, like, he walked into a terrible situation. It's just, like, it was a 7-9 and nine team last year. Um, and it's not – it has a, you know, real good defense. I wouldn't call it, like, a great defense. Um, but it has the stuff you need to, like, win a Super Bowl. So um, they have a fighting chance, but – Yeah, you know. I'll be really interested to see also what that D-line can do what they can do with Mahomes and what they could do, even with sort of that side to side, like a lot of the motions that Kansas city runs. Cause that's a, you know, they have this guy, Jason Pierre Paul. I hadn't heard of him prior to this year. It turns out he's pretty good. <laughs> he's really pretty good. good. Yeah. Yeah. I wish yeah, right. we had him cause we could use a good pass rusher on the giants. I so. know he feels like a giant, you know, we have this kind of history of like players like him, right? He's kind of a natural Michael Strahan sort of evolution. Like we should have gotten, we should have acquired a player like that and and kept him for a long time. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I guess in fairness, he also shouldn't have blown up his hand in a fireworks accident. <laughs> right. But, but, what a that is God Almighty! It's, it was tough watching him. He, I mean, he really dominated that game in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, he was a huge factor. He wasn't just like he played a good game. He was a huge factor, and that was tough to watch. That was brutal. That yeah. was brutal. <laughs> the Giants really have led the NFL in like this century in what the hell player incidents. Like, yeah, yeah, Mexico shot himself in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Pierre Paul blew up his head with fireworks. Tell me a team in the NFL that had two stranger Multiple. like Yeah, that's so true. Exits right, like for when key you heard players. about it, you were like, What? <laughs> Like, why did Plexico have a gun in his sweatpants? Right. I'm surprised, like, Eli never got hurt in, like, a rollerblading accident or something. (laughs) Bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Tore his knee up. All right. And now an ad from Mac Weldon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for listening to Giants Among Men on Radio Free Brooklyn. Your support keeps us going. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. As it has been for so many in 2020, it was a difficult year for us financially. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Please help by pledging whatever you can. RFB is a 501-C3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. All right, Brian. The New York Knicks. Where are we at? What would you, where would you like to open? Because uh, there's a number of things. Is quickly going to start tonight? Probably not. No. <laughs> Almost no. certainly not. No, he's not starting. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like, look, I know quickly's not going to start tonight. And I I wish quickly were starting tonight. I want to be totally clear on that. I, I like quickly. I want him to be a starter. I think he should be starting tonight. All – my my only piece of advice to everyone out there is to just go into tonight assuming that quickly is not starting so that when you see the starting lineup at 9 p.m. tonight you don't like just totally lose all your emotional composure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal that he's not starting. I'll say this though, like I don't want to watch another game this season where we're down 15 at the end of the first quarter and he hasn't played like that to me, like that's happened now a couple times. And like, what's the deal with that? Like, what do you think is the deal with that? I guess it, it really just depends on, I do think Tibbs is trying to keep the units together. So, you know, I, I, I guess he did it a little bit in the most recent game that they played, but he doesn't, like even if he trickles in subs, he does it in a fairly rapid succession where he gets like this lineup plays together, that lineup plays together. So I think that even if we're down 15, that's theoretically still our best lineup because it has RJ in it, it has Randall in it, it has Mitch in it. So he wants the best lineup to be out there. And I don't think that until the second half, it doesn't appear to me that he <clears throat> is big on like kind of mixing and matching in that situation. I mean, is that okay? Is that smart? Uh, like, I don't think so. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like, I've never coached basketball, so I don't yeah. really know. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, the Knicks are now 8-10, and 10, and they're 18 games into the season, which, look, it's about a quarter of the way through the year, and that's not nothing, but... Is it smart? I like I would say the argument for it is that you're still letting guys or I guess maybe we're past the point where you're letting guys get used to one another, but we're still at the point where um now like guys are used to one another and now they like need to establish a rhythm together and they need to kind of move forward that way. Like I don't think we're getting rid of Peyton this year either. So it's sort of like he if if you know, look, I know that you and our, our dear friend, friend of the pod, Matt, are are very set on us making the playoffs this year. And if that happens, we're going to need Alfred Payton. We're going to need him to play well. So, like, we can't just bench him and, and have him be gone forever. Like, he's kind of gotten into a rhythm with the group he's gotten into a rhythm with. And he doesn't play poorly all the time. So, I don't know. I don't know that I had a point there. I'm just no. I agree. I mean, I'm not like I don't want to question Tibbs too much because I mean I don't. I agree. I don't, I haven't coached basketball. I don't know like how to develop a basketball team. You know, like th- they're young guys. Is that important that he like he must feel it is that that second unit plays together right? Top in quickly knocks like he seems to want that group in together. To me, like that's fine. I I, I just still would mix the lineups a little bit more like. Like when that lineup with Mitch instead of Noel, like would be interesting to me. Like I'd like to have RJ or Randall on the court, hopefully at all, one of them on the court at all times. Even if you're trying to maximize the amount of time they play together, it seems like one of those guys should play, should be always on the court. Otherwise we really struggle to score. So, you know, I, I, I agree. I like, like Alfred Payton. I'm not, I'm not like, send him to Tiberia and kill him and he stinks. I think he's does some things well. He can score. 
he's a decent defender. It's just like I really would, and, and I, you know, again, like what you're saying about I like I, I would like to make the playoffs. Like it's funny because when we set up the season, the season's gone everything I I I think what I said it could be it has been, and and like to my highest aspirations right like i was like we could be kind of fun like rj maybe has improved randall's a little bit better like mitchell's improved knox is even okay and like toppin's kind of fun and like that's exactly what we are yeah and yet we're here and i just to me it's like it just feels like it wouldn't take that much more to be like hey i'd like let's like not settle for that like I don't know. I've seen enough to be like, I don't, I don't think that that's still great. And like, I'm glad that that's proved out, but like, I, it feels like there's at least a little potential for like a little bit more than that. Um, and I don't know if Tibbs is, is like, I'm sure that would be his goal too. So I don't think he's like prioritizing some kind of development strategy over winning. Um, I just, there's a couple things he's doing that I don't totally get. And like, it, again, when there's a game when like we're down 17 in the, end of the first quarter, and quickly hasn't come into the game that I just that's I don't quite understand that you know so I'll I'll try to briefly make the case for it and and this is not off of this is just off of like a gut feeling right so when you think about that second lineup right that's that's a that's a very young group of guys we have quickly he's a rookie uh we have Knox is now in his third year and like last year, in a lot of ways, was such a wasted year for Knox. So if quickly that young, he's not necessarily like a vet, but he, he he's probably the veteran of that second group, right? You have Obi, uh, he's a rookie too. And then who who's the fifth guy that I'm missing out of that group uh, that comes in? Burks is in. Oh yeah, Burks. But Burks ended up starting last week because Bullock's hurt. Yeah. Um. But, like, I'm just saying we got a lot of young players. We actually have a lot of young players in both lineups, right? We have some young players in the second group and, and, and you know, quite a few young players yeah, in the first group. we're just a really young team. We're vet. We're very young. And I think that when you're very young, even if you're talented, you're always going to struggle with consistency when you're a young player in the NBA. And I can, I can see how Tibbs wants to stick with some consistency with the lineups if for no other reason, then it helps the young guys know exactly what to expect. Like what I practice with is what I'm going to play with and what I'm going to play with in the beginning of the game is who I'm going to play with in the middle of the game. Like I could just see, even if consistency isn't quite maximizing everybody's ability on the court for every one of the 48 minutes that the game lasts on the overall younger guys kind of knowing what to expect from the people that they're on the floor with is of enough value that we're sticking with it longer than might make sense to just the casual observer. That's a good case. I mean, I think there's probably maybe something to that. Cause like, I do feel like the one thing about quickly that I'll say in the defense of like Tibbs is that he's had some games where it's like when he's been really bad, it's like a disaster, you know, like, um... yes. And I would love to see RJ play with quickly, but RJ has just sort of started to rise up a little bit. And again, you know, maybe it's not great to have RJ out there with someone where he doesn't really know what to expect from. Whereas with Peyton, RJ knows what to expect and sort of like can get into a rhythm. Even if maybe on a given night, RJ might play better if Quickly's out there, RJ knows how he'll play when Peyton's out there. Right. So it's like developing a chemistry between the two fives, groups of five, and then once you feel like maybe you've established that, then you can start to kind of play with them and mix and match and, and then kind of build it from there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like anything else, right? Like you learn a new skill, whatever that skill may be. It doesn't have to be related to sports. It could just be anything in life. In the beginning, as you're like getting better at it, it's better to know exactly what to expect. And then once you've developed and honed that skill then it's like you can kind of generalize it and you can apply it into different situations that maybe you're not used to. And I think that that's might be particularly because we're such a young team. Yeah. Well, I like that. I mean, look, I'm not freaking out about it. I'm definitely one more in the client of like, I, I think Thibodeau has done a great job. Like we're doing better than I thought we would. There's been so much improvement. Like I'm definitely going to give it a month. Like I'd be, in, I'd be frustrated if we're still having the same conversation in like late February um 
but you know, it's hard to complain about the job he's doing. Like they you know, I'm watching, I stayed up for all that whole West coast trip. I stayed up and yeah. watched the games. I was into it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I, me too. I can't believe I went to bed at 1am on a school night. Like that was bizarre. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of things are great. I mean, RJ that, you know, his going into a tailspin and then coming out of it and, you know, coming out of it in a big way has been super exciting. And Mitchell Robinson, I just, you know, I mean, we've already kind of accomplished what this season was about, which is like quickly RJ and Mitchell Robinson are like, yes, you know, we're, those are three players we're riding with. This is who we're building around. And, and like, and then there's a lot of other guys who still, you know, are showing that they might be part of that future too. So it's like been super fun. No question about it. All right, let's talk potential playoffs. So right now, here's the East standings. Philly in first place at 12 and six, Boston in second, 10 and six, Milwaukee also 10 and six, Indiana 10 and seven. Fifth place, we got Brooklyn at 11 and eight, Atlanta in sixth at eight and eight, Cleveland in seventh place at eight and nine. We occupy the current eight seed at eight and 10, Orlando and Toronto. Eight and ten, seven and ten are in the two spots where they would be in the play in the play in tournament. And then behind them are Chicago, Charlotte, Miami, Washington, and Detroit. Currently, on FanDuel, the Knicks are plus four ninety to make the playoffs. Plus four ninety to make the playoffs. Not a lot of teams in plus territory. The only teams in plus territory are us, Cleveland, Orlando, Chicago, Charlotte, and Detroit. So as of right now, Vegas still has Washington, Miami, and Toronto with better odds to make the playoffs than us at this point. I'm surprised Washington. Um, I do think I do think Miami and Toronto are probably going to put it together. Like I guess I would really like to make the playoffs. I think the play-in is probably the more realistic target, but like they should be part of that mix, right? Like that, that to me would be success. Like be in that, be there right till the end. Um, That would be a win. I think. I I agree with you. And I think that, I mean, even that's still going to be a tough road. So if you only went, if you ordered the East in, in based on their, not on their record, but on their Vegas odds to make the playoffs, it would be Brooklyn one, Milwaukee 2, Philly 3, Boston 4, Miami 5, Washington 6. That's the crazy one to me. Indiana 7, Toronto 8, Atlanta 9, and Orlando 10. And that would be the teams eligible for the playoffs. Then Charlotte's 11 and we're 12. If you're ranking teams just based on their Vegas odds to make the playoffs. Now, I will say, because I, I, I spent a lot of time on this today looking just just trying to figure this out. But the Knicks have played the fourth toughest schedule in the league so far. And they have the 15th toughest schedule still remaining. So that's good news for us. And 538 gives us 21% odds to make the playoffs. So one in five shot, according to 538. Miami has 74% chance. Raptors have 82% chance. Washington only 6% chance. So I, I like that 538 seems to have a proper handle on Washington. And Charlotte uh, with a 15% chance. So Despite the Vegas odds, 538 gives us a better shot than Charlotte, a better shot than Washington, uh, who was behind us or who okay. were in front of us in, in, the, in the odds. That's reasonable. So we're there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's where I'd like to, I'd like to just get it would be, uh, you know, and again, I wouldn't call it a failure if they, they're not in the playoffs or the play in game. But I think right. that's a realistic I think it's a real, very realistic goal. And, yeah. you know, I would be a little, you know, and I, and maybe it ends up being like this great thing where it's a win-win we get in that'll be really fun or we don't and then now we have the two picks and you know one of them is a lottery pick and maybe we get lucky there so like um you know it, it doesn't have to be a bad thing either way no correct i that's what that's that's kind of the thing where i where i'm at with the knicks right now and this is interesting like we'll get matt back on one of these weeks soon because I want to talk about this because I honestly, and I said this in the text the other day, but I feel like you have thrown off the dynamic of our text a little bit. Because I think that, like, as you said on the time we had Matt on, usually Matt is, like, as optimistic as you could be about the Knicks. I'm about as pessimistic as you could be about the Knicks. And you're sort of in the middle living in, in reality. 
but you have definitely sort of drifted over to optimism where your expectations and like when we had that five game losing streak you and matt were kind of the same level of despondent and i was just like we're playing with house money right now i never expected us to be this good this year yeah, but see, that was when we were we were like five and eight, and we'd lost five in a row, and it just looked like we were going to lose ten in a row, and I couldn't deal with that. Like, <laughs> you know, I couldn't. If we were like five and fifteen right now, I wouldn't. I would just be like, no, like no. This so they they responded, and they you know three wins, and I guess I'll say like, and that's where I am. Like, I'm not criticizing Tibbs or anything, but there is a part of me that like. I agree with what you're saying, and I think I agree with everything I just said about like it being a win-win. But there is part of me that's like, I just think we could like it's not that hard to be like the seven seed, you know, and like with a few tweaks, like I do think it's possible. So that is where I'm like, like that uh, that King's loss, um, hurt. You know, it's just like we gotta yeah. get that game, like because and if we want to be the team that I still like, I don't think it's that crazy. I think that's realistic and I want it, you know, I just think it would be great. So that hurt. Whereas like, I think it didn't affect you that much. Cause I think you're in, you know, and I don't think you're wrong. Like, um, but it did, it was just like, we got to get that. <laughs> Win that, you know, cause it's like, I'm looking ahead and I knew we were going to lose the next two also, you know, it's just like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so I am there. I just think, I don't think it would be that unreasonable to be like the seven seed, you know, and like we're in the playoffs. It's not even a question. Like that would be fun for me. Um, be fun for all of us. I want that. I think it's realistic. I do. But you know, I I agree with you that it's like, you've got to keep your head about it, that if that doesn't happen, it's not like a disaster and it doesn't mean Tibbs screwed everything up or, you know, um, it would still be you could still call this season a success if that didn't happen. But I have reached a point where it would it would be a little disappointing. Well, and I agree with you. And and look, I don't know if what I'm about to say necessarily applies because you are right. Like we dropped five in a row. Now it's like seems very likely, depending on if tonight goes, we're going to lose three in a row. And then, you know, that that sets up a, like a really big game against the Cavs yeah. for, on Friday. Right. So you don't ever want to go on losing streaks, which do happen. But we also can't think about this NBA season like it's a football season. You know, like we win this game and it's like, we're headed to the playoffs. And then we lose this game and it's like, oh, we're terrible. Like it is, it's a process. We're 25% of the way through. We're way ahead of where we thought we'd be 25% of the way through. Like, I think it's reasonable to think that when we go through the next 25% of the season that, on the other end of it, we'll have had games where I can't believe we won that game. And that was a nice little streak we put together. And then also like, ugh, that week was brutal. Yeah. Like we're like, we're gonna have that. So look, I will take that over just stinking all the way through. That's being terrible the whole time. I, I can't wait for the ups and downs. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. My family's my family's coming back. I was gonna Hold say, on. are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I gotta get out of here. At first, I thought you were adjusting your computer, and then and I was like, "Wait, is danger?" Like... Hold on. Okay. I hear them. Yeah. I... <laughs> All right. While we take this break. If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone and the Google Play Store for Android. Also, please be sure to read our monthly newsletter for the latest news about programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported radio. Scott, Welcome well back. executed. Well executed. Going to the ad read while I had to reposition myself in the home. Just a, just a pro's pro. Just a right? pro with this. <laughs> uh, so any other, any further thoughts on our beloved Knicks? No, I think you're right. I think you've said many very smart things today on the Knicks, and uh, it's helped me put things in perspective. <laughs> oh, I'm happy <laughs> that about said, that. I, I don't want to finish them on 8 and 13. It'll be a bummer, but... You know, we'll see what happens. No, I agree. And look, 
I am so excited. That's like one of the things that's so funny. I feel bad because I kind of like was a little aggressive with Matt yesterday. But my point is, is that I like this team and I want to love this team. And so I don't want to emotionally collapse in the midst of a game <laughs> against like an obviously superior team. You know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. So, but I think we're in good shape. I feel good. I feel good. Feel good about the Knicks. Uh, all right. So, you know, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, what should we get to next? We have like a smorgasbord of things. We could talk Jets. We could talk Matt Stafford. Or we could just, you know, predict the fate of society and call it a day. <laughs> Let's talk about the, this Jets ma- matchup or, or Jets potential face, but more with what it could mean for the Giants or how it makes us feel about the Giants. One, I guess I, I like the Jets hire. Saleh, 49ers yep. defensive coordinator. He's bringing, what is it, LaFleur's brother? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, going to run this like a Shan- the Shanahan system. I think that's a home run hire. And now there's all this talk they're going to get to Sean Watson. And maybe that won't happen because it's the Jets. They're going to get an exciting quarterback. Maybe they don't get Watson. But if they don't get Watson, they're going to get Fields or Zach Wilson. Or, like, what else would they draft? They got their left tackle last year. Like, they have, like, I don't know. True. I I guess Watson, to me, when it was like, when I just pictured in my mind next season starting and the Jets roll out there with Soleil running the Shanahan system with Deshaun Watson, like, I was just picturing myself, like, looking at... <laughs> It's like going to a restaurant and you're on a diet and you've ordered like a sa- grilled salmon with steamed spinach and you see a cheeseburger and fries <laughs> go next to you and you're like, oh, God, I have to eat this. You know what I mean? It's like watching. I just picture myself watching Soleil and Deshaun, Wat- Deshaun freaking Watson run out of, the, out of the stadium. And then I turn to see Joe Judge. And Daniel Jones, and I'm just looking at the two of them like, no. <laughs> right. No, no. That's not, that doesn't taste nearly as good. That looks so much tastier <laughs> over there. Uh, what did they order? What I would like one of that. I actually, could I change my Because <laughs> I feel like, like I changed, I don't want what I was having. I want that over there. <laughs> And to extend the metaphor just a little bit, it's like, well, I'm in a restaurant. What am I coming to a restaurant for to eat salmon? I could make myself right. salmon right. at home. Like I steamed, came here right. cheeseburger. Steamed fish or whatever, yeah. Right. Right. I'm not taking time out of my Sunday afternoon for Jason Garrett. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah. You know, and it's like we, we talked so much about Daniel Jones, but I just like – and I'm not – it's fine that he's going to be the quarterback next year. I, I think it's fine. But it does just put in stark reality, like the, the way the Giants are. Th- like, I just want to like scream at them, like you guys know that this is not settled business. Like, right? You should not consider yourself a franchise with a quarterback. You have a quarterback you were evaluating. You are not one of those franchises that like has the quarterback. And like, do you know that? Like, do they know that? He might be. Maybe he's better than I'm thinking. But it's like. You know, he's not even close to that. Like, the Jets might acquire Deshaun Watson. You know, just like, it just somehow made it like, what am I talking about? Why am I working so hard trying to, like, convince working myself hard. that Daniel Jones is, like, the savior? And maybe he'll be okay, but it's like the Giants. If, you, if there's an opportunity to get a better quarterback, like, you need to be thinking of that and, like, plotting. And, like, you cannot just be like, no, we, we're good. No, you're not. No, it was when you sent me that text to like really painting the picture of Saleh combined with any quarterback that the Jets could get. Maybe Sam Darnold, who I like again, we've talked, you know, a fair amount about Sam Darnold on this podcast too. And I I don't think like I would I think it's fair to at least put him in the category, same category as Daniel Jones, and that's fine. But you're gonna likely, very likely get some combo of Saleh and Deshaun Watson or Justin Fields or maybe Zach Wilson, which right. I think I've been seeing on more. Or maybe about right, maybe even Sam Darnold and Devontae Smith and the Shanahan right. offense. Right. And again, you're like, why are we like we have Daniel Jones in Jason Garrett's offense? Like what? <laughs> Yeah. And that text made me realize I, I hate Daniel Jones. I tried. 
I wanted to like him. I hate him. I right. hate him. Get away. Stop fumbling. Right. Stop fumbling. I don't care. I don't, at this point, too, I know you think it's like not quite as big a deal as it's been made out to be. I don't even care. Right. Stop doing it. Stop doing and it. Go away. Yeah. Do you think that the Giants as a franchise understand, like, like truly can internalize the idea that how much John Mara likes Daniel Jones personally is not is no correlation to his level of play whatsoever. Right, right. Does he get that? Do they all get that? Right. And do they get do they all underfeel how how much that though that impacts like everything? Like Right. The Giants like this kid. And it's like we can't they've not even I guarantee you they're not even having conversations about um you know, quarterback. I guarantee it. Yeah, I think we need to really kind of reconsider when you read in a piece or like a tweet, the Giants like somebody. We need to really scrutinize the word like. What does that mean? They like the way he plays football or they like him like they're going to invite him for dinner with right. their family. Because <laughs> like, I think they're putting a lot of importance on dinner with your family right. like and really not nearly enough on good at football like. Right. <laughs> Right. Totally fair. It's just so true. And, you know, I, I like I feel what about Judge, man. I like it. I I'm not, I feel the same way about Judge I do about Daniel Jones. I'm not like it's, you know, he maybe is good. He's coming back. That's totally fine. I just get a terrible vibe of like a lot of uh, pomp and circ. A lot of a lot was made out of Joe Judge's performance this year. For a six and ten team that had one decent win, was garbage on offense, and he's sold on Daniel Jones. He's singing his praises. He's sold on Jason Garrett. He's bringing him back. I don't know. Our fundamental disagreement about Joe Judge comes from what we each individually think that he thinks of Jason Garrett. <laughs> I don't know why it infuriates me that the rest of the New York media is not just like somebody get to the bottom of it. I don't care what you have to do. Pay off some like what is just explain Jason Garrett's presence. So we all know if it's if it if it if we find out definitively that that is all judge or that judge really truly was given free reign to make that decision. And he still decided on Jason Garrett anyway. If I know that. I will hate Judge. I will hate his guts. I will hate his face. But I don't necessarily think that's true. I will say what I think is like like a fair critique of Judge that really worries me that I wouldn't have the same worry about Saleh is like, you know in Mad Men, what's the British guy's name? Lane, the guy who hangs himself, right? Like I think Judge is a guy like that. Like he can come in and he can make your company more efficient and he can sort of like look at the books and cut the fat and like get you nice and lean and ready for a juicy sale. But is he the guy that's going to make you the big ad company on Madison Avenue that suddenly everybody takes notice of? Like he's not Don Draper. He's just like I'm going to like streamline everything. And that's how I feel about him, which I think brings you like a hard cap or a hard ceiling right to your existence. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm very worried. With that said, well, we're going to end I hope he the... doesn't hang himself. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't end like that. I hope it ends better for him and the Giants than it did for uh, Sterling Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all, we all do. With that said, we're done with the radio show, folks. Follow us on social. Listen to us on Saturdays. Watch us on YouTube. We love you. Now we're in bonus time, and I just realized that I ended with we love you as the president ended his message to the rioters that took over the Capitol. That's not the message I'm sending to our listeners. If, you're not, if you've made it this far, don't riot. Don't, don't uh, insurrect. Uh, but we are in bonus time, Brian. Uh, so I'm sorry. Go back. Go ahead with your thoughts on Joe Judge. No, I, I – you know uh... – I don't know. I'm optimistic about judge. I'm I'm just deeply skeptical of him, And I'm not convinced that like, I'm just, I'm just really worried this year. Like this year was somehow not as painful as it probably should have been. I think it's because of judge in some ways. And, um, 
there was these things that seemed like maybe we were improving and some pieces we found. And I'm just worried that next year is going to be the like, we're going to come in expecting this improvement and we're actually going to be the same and it's going to be bad, you know, and we're going to be like, Oh God. Um, and you know, and I like, I, you know, I, I'm not where you are on Daniel Jones, but I totally get it too. Like, and I had that emotion of like, why am I even pretending that Daniel Jones doesn't stink? <laughs> Maybe he does, you know, I don't know. I want to see him one more time, I guess. But like, Again, yeah, I was coming back to just like I don't want the Giants to be like, we got our quarterback, no questions asked. <laughs> like, right? He's a we're ten years. It's like no, he, we're not even close to that. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. And, and Daniel Jones, I'm sorry, he cannot be good with Jason Garrett calling the plays. He's not gonna be. Like right. he's already he's, Jason Garrett's coming back. So right. he's not good this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Right. I guess we'll wait. You know, I mean, we don't have to linger too long on the Giants. Like, we'll see what they do, who they add. Like, you know, maybe they'll have a good offseason and we'll be reinvigorated and we'll say, you know, maybe they'll sign Allen Robinson and draft Jalen Waddell or something, somebody cool. And we'll, we'll, you know, when we're actually talking about the Giants for real in the summer, you and I will be excited. But right, it was just seeing that potential news of just like Deshaun Watson on the Jets with that setup of a, a really great defensive coach who's bringing like a really proven, amazing offensive system was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Like, they're so there, the Jets. Shouldn't they have hired the guy who went to Detroit, Campbell? Right. Or shouldn't they? Right. Shouldn't they be hiring what's his name and, and that the Texans are going to interview? Right. Uh, right. They should be yeah hiring the biting the kneecaps guy or whatever. Right. The hell that was. Yeah. Or the Eagles made a strange hire. I thought too. That was weird. Right. Um, yeah. I can't believe nobody's going to hire enemy again. Actually, uh, on that same the same podcast that Rosillo did, uh, where he called out three interception guy. Uh, he had Mike Sando on from The Athletic. They had a really interesting conversation just about generally kind of diversity hires in the um, in the NFL. And, and they were saying, like, if, you, if, you, if you're, if you're uh, hiring for the Eagles, right, like that, you know, the diversity issues start with ownership who have an idea of in their head, conscious or unconscious, of what a leader looks like, of what a football coach looks like and sounds like and acts like. And then they have their preferences. So if you're Jeff Lurie and you truly believe that Carson, Carson Wentz is the future, you're looking for head coaches that are going to have some connection to Wentz. So then when you think about this guy that the Eagles hired work for Frank Reich, then that gives you some context to be like, okay, that's a Carson Wentz hire right there. And like, Chris Spielman was involved in the hiring process for the Detroit Lions. So you imagine Chris Spielman and, and Campbell, get, they get in a room to, like, together, and they're both probably wearing neck rolls underneath their suits and then trying to bite each other in the kneecaps. Right. <laughs> and it's, so it's like – but I don't know. I also don't think that the NFL is going to be devoid of people that would like like Eric Bieniemy. I mean, Eric Bieniemy was an NFL player and has been an assistant coach for 30 – like I really don't understand what at this point is objectionable about Eric Bieniemy. Right. I mean, I just think it stinks for the guy too, because now when he does get a job, it's 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 got all this baggage attached to it, and like it's it's become this weird culture war thing. And if he fails, it's going to be like, eh, you know. And if he succeeds, yeah, and it's like yeah. it, it just stinks, you know. And it's just like we all know what's going on, and of course he should get an opportunity, but it, it's like the poor guy when he finally does, it's like he can't even just try to do the job. It's like this got all this you know junk attached to it. Totally, um, and you just can't. It's hard to watch it go on in the NFL. <laughs> this long, I mean, it is. I mean, and again, I mean, the Eagles thing that I think you're right. I think that guy, I think Sando's right about what happened there. Like, what a terrible process that is. Like, right? It's awful. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Like, what a way to ensure the worst possible outcome. It's like we have this quarterback who we like, who maybe isn't good. Let's get a coach who maybe knows how to work with him because that'll, you know, it's just like nonsense, silly thinking. It's so dumb. I mean, you would think if you were another AFC team, don't you want to hire the enemy simply so that you're at least one really good coach is not working with both Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Yeah. Like if nothing else. Do you want to just hire him away? So like, 
put a dent in the Chiefs just a little bit. A little bit, right? Just mess with them a, a touch. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And what I mean, are you doing? And don't you want to like? Yeah, I mean, don't you want to run that offense and like yes! learn what they're doing and try to get the type of players they get? Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it is so weird. I mean, it's just bizarre because we've seen these couple hiring cycles where it's like, oh, do you know Sean McVay in any way? <laughs> like, have you ever been in the same building as my, as uh, Kyle Shanahan? And like, you're hired. But Andy Reid's top assistant is like gone multiple hiring cycles without getting a job. It's bizarre. And meanwhile, and and just to circle back, and again, not to belabor the point, Jason Emmanuel Garrett, <laughs> that's not his middle name, is an offensive play caller in the NFL. Right. Yeah, I don't get it. What? I don't get it. I don't get it. All right, Brian, what's going to happen this week? Um, what's going to happen this week? The Nets trade Kyrie Irving. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I think that that should be a standard. Predi- like that's going to happen. It has to happen, right? Probably won't, but no, <laughs> it's worth throwing out there because yeah. it could happen and it'd be crazy if it did. Yeah. I think I'm going to say that the Knicks win a wild one tonight. Okay. That. Or, well, yeah, yeah. Let's say they win it. All right. Why not? Let's let's say that's going to be my prediction. They're 11 and a half point dogs tonight. Uh, I mean, I have to believe they're going to win because I'm going to probably stay up till like 1230 tonight watching it. And I don't want to, I don't want to self-loathe tomorrow, Brian. I yeah. want to self-love. Okay. <laughs> you know what else? I guess I'll say the Jets trade for Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's a good one. It happens. That's, it lands this week. Yeah, that's really good. And they should do it. They're crazy if they don't do that. Yeah, if they can do it, do it. And don't ever think about it again. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and also predict that uh, Bill de Blasio announces that all New York City schools are reopening on March 1st. Okay. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. I don't don't actually think that's going to happen. I definitely think it shouldn't happen. But... I mean, like, I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason to any decision that's been made at any level of government in the entire COVID experience. Yeah, I agree. So I know that schools is ramping up. The CDC recommended that we can open them or something like that. Uh, So I have a feeling that that push is going to gain some serious momentum and some weird stuff's about to happen. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right, Brian. Always a pleasure. Always fun. Buckle up. Yes. (laughs) We'll see see everybody next week.